Welcome everyone. We are about to begin Be'ezus Hashem, Shalom Bayez, Shir number 95. We're going to talk about practical applications on the love languages to actually work at it and to make that um, your marriages uh, get enriched and better and joyous as a result. Number one, if you're not sure what your primary love language is and how you feel it and how you express it, is number one is that you observe how you most express love to others. So if you're doing access service for others, that may be a love language. If you're constantly verbally affirming people, giving them compliments, then maybe words of affirmation is your love language. Number two, consider what you complain about more often. So if you tell your wife, I don't think you ever touched me if I didn't initiate it, that reveals that your love language may be physical touch. If your wife goes on a shopping uh, trip and you say, you know, why didn't you give me, bring me anything, a gift that indicates that receiving gifts may be a love language. If uh, you say you never spend time, we never spend time, enough time together, that may indicate that your love language is quality time. So your complaints often reveal what your inner desires actually is. <laughs> and then Rabbi Miss Dr. Chapman says if you have difficulty remembering what you complain about most often, ask your wife, she'll know. And based on that, you may be able to figure out what your love language is. And uh, number three, think of the request you made of your wife most often. If it's a, a let's say a back massage, then you know it's maybe physical touch. If it's that, oh, let's get away for the weekend, a weekend, a week away this month, or a weekend this month, then maybe it's quality time. Uh, maybe uh, let's get to clean the closet and clear things out. Maybe it's acts of service and so on and so forth. So that's with discovering your own love language. What about discovering your wife's love language? Similar concept. How does your wife mostly express love to others? What does she complain about most often? What does she request most often? Similar concept. Another great idea that you got, you could try, both husbands I'm talking to and wives, each to the other, is to take a five-week ex- week experiment and uh, let's say Monday through, th- through Friday, give it a try, and each week you focus primarily on one of the love languages. So week one, you decide you're going to work on words of affirmation and you shower compliments and you really mean what you're saying, of course. And you go through that for a five-day period of really giving her or, or her giving him um, words of affirmation, encouraging words, kind words, wonderful words. And you do that. Shabbos, you take a little break from it. Not to take a break from it, of course, you, you do all love language and whatever it is. But Monday through Thursday, the next week, now you work on quality time. You say, you know, let, maybe we should get out together and go out together for a dinner, go out together to get out together and spend time alone together and work on that for five days. See how that happens, how that works. The third, uh, the third week, you do your best to give gifts. Again, gifts don't have to be extremely expensive. It just needs to be thoughtful and symbolic. And that third week, you try to give her a small gift every day and see or him to her. The fourth week, um, you work on acts of service. You think you figure out what your wife wants done or what your husband wants done in a practical level, cleaning the house, laundry, um, um, you know, whatever it is, or the wife wants the husband to do certain tasks for her or vice versa. 
And you do that the fourth week, and then the fifth week, physical touch, hugging, kissing, embracing, and so on and so forth. And I think if you practice that for a five-week stretch, five days per week, each time ex- focusing primarily on one love language, now again, you know, you really should use all five all the time in certain balance, but primarily focusing on one, you'll get, a, you'll get sort of a picture of it. Another thing to realize is sometimes it may not be a love language, even if it means a lot to you at times. So, for example, chalil shouldn't happen if someone experiences a loss or a death of a parent, a close friend, and you get a big hug from somebody that's extremely meaningful to you at the time. That may not mean that physical touch is your primary love language. It's just that right now you're in the middle of a grief process. And right now in the grief process, the holding and the embracing and the hugging is something that is really soothing and meaningful that you'll remember. But that doesn't necessarily mean that in general, it's your primary love language. It's just something to, uh, just a thought. Then he asks whether love languages concept works with children. A billion percent it works with children. It works with children. And you could figure out if you observe your children carefully, how they express love and how they um, what's important to them and how they feel loved. And when they turn into teenagers, it's usually the same. Now, very often, by the way, if it's physical touch, a teenager may may uh, push you away. They, you know, I'm not a kid anymore. You know, uh, it, it seems childish to them. So don't get thrown off by that. It could very likely be that the physical touch and the 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 little hug or the the kiss or whatever it is that you give your your teenage child could be extremely important to them, but they may say, don't touch me, and they may want to withdraw uh, because, because, um, you know, they just feel it's, you know, I'm not a little kid anymore and whatever it is. So just stay, stay attuned to that. And another thing to know is if... Um, the primary love language of your wife or your husband is difficult for you. Realize it's a skill that could be learned and you could overcome that difficulty. And even though it's hard for you, it could die to do. So if let's say your wife's love language is physical touch and you're not by nature a toucher, you have to start anyway. You put your hand on her shoulder. You give her a pat in the back, you know, as a gently... Uh, those small touches will break down those barriers. You'll feel more comfortable as time goes on. And the next time you touch, the, the touch will be easier. And if that's something your wife really needs, even if you're not comfortable with it, you need to learn that skill, need to become proficient in it, in that language of physical touch, if that's the love language that's important to your wife. And that applies to every single love language. For example, if you were brought up in a family where they were uh, sort of cold, meaning they did not um, say nice, uh, you know, they did not um, give words of affirmation. They didn't compliment uh, each other. You know, they felt it was over-emotional to, to, be pray, to, to, to throw praise out, so they were very restrained in that. And maybe your wife comes from a family um, or maybe you come from a family that that words of affirmation is something that in your uh, parents' house uh, was not something that was expressed, but it's something that your wife really needs or it's something your husband really needs. Then you need to work on it, even though by your nature you're not 
uh, you're restrained and you're not comfortable with it and uh, you're not used to it, you write up a list and you practice it and you learn how to say it and you learn how to say it with feeling and you say that to your wife and you say that to your husband and each time you do that, it'll become easier for you to do. It's, it, it does take work. Then he goes through whether uh, there is a gender preference in love languages. And there's, he said he, he really doesn't know if there is. People tend to think that men enjoy physical touch or words of affirmation more. And women want quality time and receiving gifts more. Acts of service seems to be, you know, equal, you know, whatever. But he said he there's really no scientific... Uh, uh, mode to figure that out, at least not yet. And the key is you really look at each one individually. The ma- the one you're married to, you yourself and your spouse, your husband or your wife, you just focus and try to figure out what it is because it could really do wonders. Once you figure it out, it's a Pesach to open up, to open it up. And um, again, the reason I'm stressing this book so much and the reason I'm stressing it is because it's Emes Lamitai and he himself took him a while to discover it, that basically what makes one person feel loved does not necessarily make another person feel loved. They are different in the way they express it and the way they feel they really need it. And um, he, he developed this over time and recognized it. And uh, again, I'll go through some terror sources as we go on, and I'll be bring references to it. Now, here's an interesting, important thing. When you have, um, when she's not responding or he's not responding to it, right? And um, and some of the time is because the lack, the love languages are mixed up. For example, a husband may think that his wife's love language is acts of service. So the husband says, I love my wife, and she, her love language, he believes, is acts of service. So the husband starts tackling projects around the house. They'll do, they'll, they'll, they'll fix the, 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 the pipes, and they'll fix the leaky faucet, and they'll fix the doorknobs, and the, they'll sweep the floor, and they'll wash the dishes, and they'll help with the laundry. And of course, all of this, again, is wonderful, is wonderful. But if she still is um, not acknowledging that much his efforts, he'll become discouraged. But in reality, it could be that a primary love language may be the marshal, words of affirmation, and her husband feels no love coming from her, so he becomes critical verbally, which is the worst thing you could do because it's the opposite of what her love language is. So she withdraws. And he becomes more frustrated. He's saying, "What I'm, I'm, I'm being mice and nephish. I'm helping out like my, I'm tired. I'm dead tired. I'm, and I'm helping out so much in the house, and she's not appreciating it. And the truth is, she should appreciate it. But the bottom line is, is that she really needs that warm words. And if that's her real love language, that's the icker that kick, that that is the key for her. He has to learn that and focus on that more. And sometimes it doesn't work, is because." They, it's already too late. So in other words, they, she feels it's too late. In other she thinks it's insincere, and she thinks that it's just a way of manipulating me. And, um, and to avoid, by the way, if let's say that happened because of past experiences where things were not going well, and now you're trying to be massacring that, and you're trying to express your wife's love language or your husband's love language, and then not responding. 
It could be they're upset and they think you're manipulating them. And what you do is to avoid that assumption is you keep at it. If you keep at it consistently over time, your husband or your wife will start realizing this is not manipulation. He or she is really trying to express that love language. And over the long haul and long term, she'll understand that and she'll see that or he'll see that and start responding in kind. And by the way, that's one of the tremendous, we say that chesed is chesed. The real chesed is when you don't see necessarily positive um a return on the chesed, right? You don't see the feedback. And there's nothing more powerful than you can do than to love your wife or your husband, even though he or she that, uh, that you're trying to express this to is not responding right now positively. And you should know, you should still have a sipika nefesh. Here's where Muna comes in. I know my wife doesn't yet appreciate what I'm doing, or my husband doesn't yet appreciate what I'm doing. But by me doing everything I'm can, I can, I'm showing unselfishly acts of love. Eventually, you will see 99% of the time they'll reciprocate your love and things will get better and better as time goes on. And again, you know, uh, if, you, if, if, if um, your wife, if your love language, if let's say you're the husband and your love language is, is words of affirmation, you really need those words, but your wife grew up in a home where she herself received very few positive words. Let's say her parents were very critical of her. So it'll be hard for her to verbalize those words of affirmation to you. And that could be the problem. It's not really her fault. She was never trained that way. Or she may worry that if she gives you these words of affirmation, then you'll be complacent and not try to make them, uh, uh, you know, the big changes that you really need. That's also a problem. Sometimes you withhold love because you're worried, eh, they'll become complacent or mediocre. And that's something you should discuss with your spouse and say, no, we have to go further. We'll go further. I'm not going to hold back on expressing my love. And the wife, as an example, it could be the husband that comes from a critical uh, background where the parents were very critical of them and now they have to change that and start talking words of affirmation and verbalize kind and nice things to keep at it to keep on trying and never give up we will continue one more on on the love language topic but as a sashem have a wonderful day